0: on this episode of real life real equity
1: mm-hmm. so, to the, so it's like uh, for me it's almost like expected to know that is who you go to to get better
0: welcome to real life real equity podcast with your host justin and Keisha brooks hey welcome to the show our goal is to share with you real-life examples of entrepreneurs for winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. This is another episode of Real Life Real Equity Shorts with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are super excited about our guest today, Mr. Adam Carswell. Welcome to the show.
1: Guys, thank you for having me. Really excited to, to get this ball rolling, and we got to give a big thank you to, to Todd Salsinger, who I think was the final piece of the connection for this interview. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> we
0: just got done doing his interview uh, just recently here, so it yes. was a really good interview. yes. Uh, yes. So if you didn't check that out, definitely go back, check that out. Uh, Todd Solzinger, he was an excellent candidate, the guy who does mobile home parks. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, doing something unique, what they call it, get rich in a niche. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, so Adam, now do you, you do some very interesting things that I really, really enjoy. Um, you're very big on social media. I've seen your social media profile. I've seen a lot of the things you do. Talk to us about your background. Definitely hit on that to start because... And I think people will be intrigued if they don't know who you are. Definitely go check out your social media profile. You do some very, very unique things. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: <laughs> With that being said, I have to say, I mean, anyone uh, that's listening right now, just go ahead. If you don't have the app TikTok yet, which is the next up and coming app, have you have you seen have. TikTok videos? I have. Okay. All right. Okay. That's where we're going. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun. The past like two months, I've just been making a lot of dance videos on TikTok. So guys, go ahead and check them out. Then. I post them Did on all platforms.
2: Did you say dance videos? Yeah. Oh wow. She, she she hasn't seen it. I haven't seen uh, it. <laughs> oh, I have. Now like, I mean, I'm like, a follower. Now i, follow I you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> The best. Okay, I just have to say the best part about it really is like when I first started doing them. I'm not gonna lie. I was really nervous because um, because I'm in commercial real estate and it's like is that a good look for investors? I mean, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was like this is who I am. I love dancing. I love doing this type of thing. How do I balance it and I just got to a point where I was like you know what I'm just gonna post it we'll see what happens and now like I've just met connected with like 50 people on LinkedIn within the past week and like half of them are like I love your videos I love your videos (laughs) so something's working I'll just keep dancing I guess right I love
0: that I love that so talk to us a little bit about where you're from what your background is uh talk to us a little. you said you're
1: in commercial real estate so obviously you're in commercial real estate as a business go ahead Sure. Um, So originally from Painesville, Ohio, which is about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. Grew up there till age 18 then moved to the Pittsburgh, western Pennsylvania area where I went to Westminster College. Uh, Played basketball and ran track and field there for four years. Had a pretty good career. Uh, Decided that I wanted to be a college basketball coach after that. So of all places, I moved to Belize where I got into an MBA uh, program. And I studied at Galen University where um, I also got to continue playing basketball since there's just, well, you guys know it's Belize. There's just not as many rules there as there is here. So <laughs> I, was able, I was able to play professional down there as well uh, during my, because the college season and professional season were different. And then, man, next thing you know, uh, within about a year of me being there, I got an offer to become the head coach of Galen University. So at age 23, like my dream came true. And then on top of that, we went on to win the national championship, and uh, it was just like, wow, I just did it. I didn't think this was how it was going to happen. And then I was looking at all my friends that were coaching in the NCAA uh, back in the U.S., and I just noticed how much of a grind their life was, how much they had to like be obsessed with basketball. Which for me, honestly, I don't think I—I I think I just really like basketball. I don't think I like eat, sleep, and breathe it. And so I yeah. just started noticing how much of a commitment that life would be if I wanted to be a head coach. And I was like, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. I just wanted to get a job with a Fortune 500 and start working my way up. So that's what I did. Got in the door with Sherwin-Williams, worked there for two years, had a lot of success, a lot of great learning experiences. Realized, um, you know, it was still a job where I'd be kind of running on a treadmill for the next 20 to 30 years. And I want to just maximize – again, I want to dance. I want to make yeah. – if I was working at Sherwin-Williams, I don't know if I'd be able to, like, be this, like, loud personality on social media. <laughs> <laughs> so – I saw real estate as an opportunity to to kind of be who I am and also a good way to create wealth. And I always tell people that, you know, I had this vision of, you know, I want to be a billionaire one day. And I say that because I believe I'm a very giving and a loving person. And so, you know, acquiring wealth, I believe I'll do some pretty impactful things around the world. So that's how I got into real estate. I'll speed it up here for you. It took the no, cash flow. No, 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 you're good.
2: No, you're, you're
1: good. <laughs> Mentorship program with um, through Hunter Hunter Thompson um, at ASIN Capital, who's my business partner now. And Hunter ultimately uh, introduced me to Michael Flight, who's yeah. the mm-hmm. who else is the other uh, managing principal that I work for. And uh, that's who brought me into the real estate guys network. That's who introduced me to Todd Salzinger, and now you guys. Yeah. And that was about two years ago I took that course. So nice. it's wow. pretty cool how it's all working out.
0: Heck yeah, and I know Michael Flight. Uh, yeah. We went to the summit of to the sea together. Uh, really, really yes. good guy. Met his kid, and just you know, it was yeah, a really good good world we live in uh, as far as like the real estate guys and just the commercial real estate world. So you said you're in real estate business. You said you want to be a billionaire. You said you want to be able to give back. Talk to us a little bit about the give back part. That was very. That's a very interesting kind of segue to lead into.
1: Yeah, I think one one dream or one vision that I've always had, and I really haven't shared this with with many people. So thank you for for bringing it out of, out of me here. Yeah. Um, I know how much sports and tra- like seeing the world, and so I basically started seeing the world through basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of other Division two or Division three, at- because I was a Division three athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, athletes out there that have enough skills to go to another country and and perform pretty well and make a name for themselves, but they don't do it because they don't. There's no like, no one really knows how to do it. I know for me, I, I was, like, it was the most unconventional way <laughs> on how I ended mm. up in Belize. Yeah. And so creating a, a, a platform or a way for, I'd say, more for, like, Division three or Division two athletes to uh, get some, like, international experience and do it through sports. And who knows, maybe it will continue to lead them down the path of sports, or maybe it'll be like me where it just kind of opened their eyes and they started doing new things. Um, that's one focus as far as giving back that one day I would like to have some type of, like, scholarship program or or something like that
2: Yeah. yeah that's good um and you sound just very confident um with your path with your story has it always been this way did you have someone like in your family that was an entrepreneur that has really just poured this into you what made you become the entrepreneur you are today
1: I have to say that my mom and dad did a fantastic job with us. I don't know. I really don't know what they did. <laughs> Their first thing they would say is they probably, they raised us on Jesus.
2: Um, so, yeah, that's
1: good. Um, but my parents did it. It's cause it's not just me. Like my, my sister's a realtor. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother's in insurance sales and mm-hmm. my other brother is in a commission sales role. And I'd say we're all, we're all pretty good at what we do. So like, I don't know. This is like an entrepreneurial spirit. I think we, we probably get it. I would say the, at least the charisma from my father. He was a radio guy throughout college. He was a DJ. He played basketball. I feel like everything my dad did, I, I'm doing, and I've been able to thankfully like make it look like oh, what's the right word? I don't know. Just make it look sexy in
2: 2020.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've definitely picked up a lot from my dad, and then my my mom. You know, she was uh, so she was a Division one gymnast. So my parents were wow. athletes. She's an artist and being an artist, you know, she's, she's always creating and, and, you know, selling her work. So it is another form of entrepreneurship. Now, Absolutely. She's, you know, she's, she's had jobs and especially the most important job being a mom, right. um, <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, we definitely get a lot of inspiration from our parents even though they might not be full-time entrepreneurs.
0: Yeah. And you're doing all this at a relatively young age. So talk to us a little bit about uh, not the age part, but (laughs) because I mean, you know, that's, that's important. But uh, Mm -hmm. one of the things that's really important is talking to us about kind of your wins and losses. So talk to us a little bit about what you have struggled with some of the obstacles, some of the barriers that you've ran into, and then talk to us about the wins because It's really impactful to talk about the wins. What's really impactful even more is to talk about how you overcame the losses to get to the wins. And I say losses intermittently or uh, interchangeably with temporary defeats, like Napoleon would say.
1: For sure. There's one loss for me that kind of stands out the most. And I would say that was when I first started getting into commercial real estate, I started working with, I was working with Hunter part-time at ASM Capital at the time. That was about it. And I was still a realtor with Remax in the Washington, D.C. area. I was in a relationship with an individual that I thought for sure, you know, we're going to get married one day. And uh, one day there was like a, um, well, let's put it this way. I performed very well my first year with Remax. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of got probably a little too cocky and thought that year two was going to be the exact same. (laughs) And as -hmm. you know, sometimes just not the same. And so I had like, I'll never forget, I had like three or four deals that year that I was pretty much banking on that fell through and everyone that fell through Mm -hmm. was like, it was something like uh, you know, like someone's someone's having a baby, or like their grandparents passed away. It was like oh, things wow. that that like I couldn't even control. Yeah. And next thing you know, I'm just looking at my bank account like, oh my goodness! And then I've got you know a woman that I'm getting ready to prove that I'm ready to carry a family. But <laughs> yeah. uh, no, not looking like that. <laughs> so, that was that was a really hard time. And then I would say, thankfully, I had some good people in my life. Andrew Reamer is. Was someone in particular who was my broker at Remix at the time, still a really strong influence in my life, who was there to uh, help me through the hardships? And I don't know. I just I look at how rock bottom I was at that point, and then I would also say the next rock bottom point was not. I'd say close to a year a year later. But long story short, the, the relationship ended up not working out. But what mm. we had done within that year was moved across the country from Washington D.C. to San Francisco, oh, and wow. I had I had many people <laughs> advising me not to do that. And I can look back on it and say, yeah, that was a crazy risk. But what ended up happening was because I relocated out there, that's when I started working more intensely with Hunter and with Michael to the point where it got me to where I'm at now, which is working remotely 100% of the time, uh, living where I want, doing what I want. So um, it was like a huge risk, definitely a lot of hardships along the way, but I guess being able to just stick with it. and. Yeah, stick with it.
2: Yeah, but, you know I
0: want to I highlight that because you said you uh, you won when you you started a Remax. You did phenomenally well the first year, and then you changed up, got a little arrogant, got a little cocky, didn't do the same things you did the first year, and didn't perform. That's like to to me to kind of bring that out. That's a key to success. Realizing one. That you did something different than you did the first time. And a lot of successful entrepreneurs will tell you, you know, they made one change in their behavior and they didn't hit the same results they did the first time. So uh, good on you for recognizing that. And then the other thing was that you, uh, you had somebody to help you when you were down. Yeah. Like that's huge. Having somebody to talk to through those down times. Everybody goes through them. If you don't yeah. go through down times, you haven't pushed yourself hard enough to me. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and then having somebody there to actually work with you it, to pull you up out of that, that kind of rut, if you would. Yeah. But talk to us about the wins, because you, you you were very transparent about the, the you know, taking the ale. And I don't say that, you know, disrespectfully. It's just it is, you know, everybody takes ale. If you don't take ales, you ain't really growing.
2: Well, <laughs> on top of that, you've been, you know, when you get to the when you answer this question and talk about the ones you've been able to be successful and you've moved around a lot, but you're still. Moving, like yes. you're still moving forward. And growing. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm just I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, man, so what, what win do I want to focus on? I think, I think the biggest win for me, well, looking back on it now, I've had some great wins in my life that have helped teach me how, how to consistently keep winning. You know, I would say that comes from great coaching. I look back to even when I was in college, my tr- especially my track and field coach, uh, Coach McNeil, I came in there as a freshman, not even really sure like how committed I wanted to be to track. It was kind of like, "Oh, I'll do long jump, I'll do high jump, and like that's it." And somehow he like was able to get me because I did run dis not distance, but I ran uh, the four by four in high school and a few other events. Oh, wow. And he noticed that I was pretty good at running. And so my first my freshman year, I only ran in the four by four, and then by my sophomore year, I was I think I was just doing long jump, and then by my junior and senior year, I wasn't even jumping anymore. I was just Doing all sprints because Perfect. that's what I was like. He identified like, "Hey, Adam's really good at this. Let's put him in a position to win." And wow. so I think what that did was it one conditioned me to get used to winning because I won like how many six gold medals and three conference championships wow. and broke the broke the four hundred record three times, the four by one record a couple of times. Like it was it was a good time, <laughs> but it was it was also through good coaching. And so yeah. I feel like I have such similar and great coaching now through Michael and Hunter. Where, um, you know, I, I look at, for example, the mentorship program that Hunter and I facilitate. and I was in the first ever group to go through that, um, and now fast forward two years later, I'm helping facilitate it, I'm helping teach it, I'm helping network with our, with our mentees and our students, and, um, you know, we're just looking at the exciting growth of this program, which is still kind of early on. And I just, I just know for me, going to Best Ever Conference, like, a couple weeks, or last week, with Hunter and looking at the impact that we're starting to make with this program was like, wow, this isn't just like something I'm doing as a project like right now. Like this is this is this could like very well be my future. Yeah. And I I just considered that a big win and epiphany moment uh, hanging out yeah. in there.
2: No, I love that. You know, yeah. something that we're gonna Justin is gonna highlight here towards the end. But before we get to that. You're really hitting on you know, coaching, mentorship, yeah. something that a lot of entrepreneurs, we all go through this mm-hmm. phase of, I got it. I'm going to do it myself. You know, I can <laughs> figure this out. I've done this. I've done that. But talk about the importance of having a coach, having a mentor, and then the fact that you were in a position thinking, I'm just going to do the long jump. But yeah. your coach saw the potential of you doing something else. That happens so many times in different roles that we all are a part of.
1: Yeah. So I guess to clarify, to talk about how an individual can identify a coach or... Oh, sorry. Sorry
2: about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. To clarify, um, talk about the importance of having a coach, having a mentor, and then how you allow that person to identify your potential and then growing in that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say the importance of, of having a coach is... I mean, I'll put it this way. It's almost like and I guess I have to give credit again to my parents and to sports, but I feel like any, any role, any, any level that I've been at in life, there's always, there always has been some form of a coach there. Mm -hmm. And so to, so it's like, uh, for me, it's almost like expected to know that is who you go to, to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say that I've had coaches where sometimes I just you, you just want to like ignore them and just do your, <laughs> do your own thing. And, and actually there's sometimes when that actually does work, but I say yeah. most of the time, like, especially, you know, I'm not sure what the actual, how to measure it. I would say just knowing that you always have coaches around you and just opening your eyes and realizing who they are and going to them for advice and mentorship. That's uh, I just had an individual named Ben Kogut, my podcast and his quote. Oh man all right, I'm going to just attempt it. It was something like, oh, man, I'm going to butcher it. But it was basically like you can go for mediocrity mm-hmm. and do it your own or you can copy genius. Mm. And I was like, I definitely... Believe right now, I'm just copying two two geniuses.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, well, even if you butchered it, that was really really good. Yeah. So, um, Thank you. so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with this. Um, of course, if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, go to reallifeequity dot com forward slash newsletter. Again, reallifeequity dot com forward slash newsletter. Get all the pertinent information we're talking about today, and all the information we talk about in every other podcast. I mean, there's huge gems that people give away in these podcasts that yes. you. It takes people years to, det- to figure out and to determine what's worked and what hasn't. So yeah. as we wrap up the podcast, um, we do a section of the podcast called Each One, Reach One, Teach One. It's uh, inspired by Mark Victor Hansen. Mark Victor Hansen, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, and basically, on any of your life's journey, there's always somebody ahead of you, there's always somebody beside you, and there's always somebody behind you. In your journey, I want you to identify for us here on the podcast who you're chasing, who you're running beside, and who you're helping out. And that's what Keisha was alluding to, who you're turning back and grabbing and pulling with you to help them achieve where they want to go.
1: I think it's it's only right for me to say that, and and they probably wouldn't even view it this way as me chasing them, but it's only right for me to acknowledge, again, one more time, Michael Flight and Hunter Thompson, uh, those two guys and I've only really been working with them for no more than the past two years and my Mm -hmm. personal growth and professional growth and everything, you name it has just been exponential with them. So looking forward to the future on both ends. Someone who I feel like I'm running with, you know what, this is actually probably the hardest question because I was, so I was deep, I I DJ here in in St. John's and last night I did a pop-up set. And after I was done playing, I was hanging out, uh, hanging out at the bar talking to the bartender. I'm like, you know what? Like, this is kinda of tough because like I'm mean, I'm really the only person I know that kinda of, like does like does what I do. Like I don't really know anyone else that's like working remotely for two companies in another country and also a DJ and has a podcast. Like, <laughs> it's like who I would have to say in a way, someone that I feel like I'm running with, uh, just from uh, maybe from a spiritual perspective is my brother. He's actually not well, I, I love my brother who's getting married to him, but I'm referring to him as my brother, Nadir Price, who lives in Belize.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: central america he's by far you know one of my best friends we became best friends when i lived in belize and we just have a lot of deep conversations connections and i'd say like our i don't think i share a more common worldview with anyone in the world besides the deer so mm. um in many ways i do feel like him and i are, are running a pretty cool race together and i'm sure you'll, you'll, if you haven't heard him on dream chasers yet he's going to be on some more episodes so, nice. um <laughs> And, and, and we, so we before to. we
0: go into the the person you're, gonna, you're helping, uh, you don't have uh-huh. to name their name because that may be a little embarrassing to that person. But uh, for sure, you can, if they feel comfortable, you feel like they feel comfortable <laughs> by all means.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely, I want to build both of these guys up. One, because I just got off the phone with this guy. Um, <clears throat> his name is Eric Gillum. And okay. Eric is a graduate of our mentorship program at okay. uh, Cashflow Connections. And uh, we just got off the phone and we're talking about you know, he wants to in a way mimic what I'm doing with a few other experienced syndicators or operators. And so literally right, like five minutes before I got on the phone with you guys, I just introduced him to like four or five people that could potentially be helping him. And that's like, I love making those types of connections. It's like, yeah. I think that's probably my purpose here yeah. on this world. Yeah. And um, someone who can attest to that, who I feel like in a way I'm yeah, you could say that I'm there, I'm pulling them forward, but they are going to like sprint past me here pretty soon. <laughs> <I would say. laughs> his name is Mo Bina. And he also is a graduate of a mentorship program. He's based out of uh, Los Angeles. And um, I introduced Mo to a couple people like within the past six months. And the people that I introduced him to have played a huge role in the development of like the early stages of his business. And he's like, just crushing it on LinkedIn right now. I've never seen a LinkedIn rookie shine like this guy. So everyone to go check out Mo Bina. Um, nice, I'm sure he's nice. going to crack up when he hears this. And and, and yeah, Mo, I love you, man.
0: <laughs> well, that was, uh, that's awesome, man. So uh, you said Cashflow Connections is the platform that you all uh, do your mentorship through. Give us a shout out for your podcast. And um, how can everybody reach
1: you? Sure. Yep. So yeah, Cashflow Connection or I'm sorry, cfcmentorshipprogram.com. Uh, to listen to the podcast, you can the best way to access it. I would say um, I would go to Anchor, okay, Anchor.fm backslash Dream Chasers. Uh, you could also just go to Google and you could type in Dream Chasers and any like if you like Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever. I'm on 12 different platforms, so nice, yes. nice. Whatever, your, whatever your preference is. Um, and I think the last one is how to contact me. Yeah, Now do we get a hold of you? Okay, best way to get in touch is to go to my website. Which is carswell.io. Um, and I know sometimes that can come across as like impersonal, but the only reason I say that is because it has all of my social media connections on there. Um, it has a way that if you do type in a message, it'll go straight to my email so that we can start emailing back and forth. So go to carswell.io, I is in Idaho, O is in Ohio. Nice. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Carswell.io is, uh, the where, is where you'll find them. And um, don't forget his app. Yeah. yeah, TikTok. We well, it's TikTok. not his, it's, it's not his app, but <laughs> well, we'll follow him <laughs> on TikTok. So, I mean, if you don't know yeah. what TikTok is, TikTok's the next uh, the next big thing, and I think uh, Facebook or or LinkedIn, somebody's gonna eat them. Well, you know, they got yeah. to because it's just like uh, they're they're taking a uh, demographic, and you're able to create your own like videos and music, and it's 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 actually really cool. Um, and it's a lot of useful creative ways to. It's more than just music and dancing. It, it is a way to create valuable content with music that you don't have to worry about licensing infringements on. Ah. So, yeah, it's it's really, really interesting.
1: Check them out on TikTok. How do they follow you again? iX, like X is in xylophone, I'm trying to think. (laughs) (laughs) iX Carswell, and that's that's my handle for, I'd say, for everything, I think, for except Snapchat because, like, Snapchat wouldn't let me change it for my old one. So just type in uh, iX Carswell anywhere you can find me.
0: All right, man. Well, Adam, we appreciate your time. We appreciate you being on Real Life Real Equity Shorts Uh, again. um, We look forward to talking to you soon. Yes. Thank
1: Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. It's awesome. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at equity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.